1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're just going to read the first 13 verses, make a few comments, and then we'll be done this morning. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore... Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear. Pray with me this morning. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful service. Thank you for the music that we've enjoyed. Uh, just all of the fellowship and the, just, just the, the, good day, the good day. Lord, it's been a good day. And we're thankful. I pray now that you'd help us to just concentrate for just a few moments. Help me to be brief this morning, uh, but help us, Lord, to concentrate for a few moments. Uh, we know your Bible teaches that a uh, worship service ought to include prayer, praise, and preaching. And so this morning, uh, Father, we don't want to leave this part out. So just help us to think about this important truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been for some time now in a series in 1 Corinthians, and so I just want to make a couple of comments about this. We'll continue on this a little bit next week, Lord willing. If the Lord hasn't come back by then, he might have. But uh, I just want to make a couple of comments here, and and I'm going to cut out a lot of stuff here, and I'm just going to say one or two things. I, I want to say this. What Paul is teaching here, and the point that I think we need to see here this morning is this. A privileged start does not guarantee success. And therefore, we need to examine ourselves. Did you see that in there? A privileged start does not guarantee success. And therefore, we need to examine ourselves. Let's just, let's just break it down. Let's, let's use that as our outline this morning. Let's divide it into those three points. A privileged start does not guarantee success. And therefore, we need to examine ourselves. Can we do that? It'll only take me a minute. First of all, look at the first five verses and let's talk about a privileged start. A privileged start. The first five verses here describe five areas in which the Old Testament saints were astonishingly privileged. Did you see them there? Amazing privilege these folks had. Verse number one says all of them were under the cloud. All of them were under the cloud. That refers to that cloud of fire and smoke that led them day and night as they uh, wandered throughout the wilderness. Can you imagine the privilege of every day looking up and seeing the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud? All of them were under the cloud. They were privileged to have all passed through the sea, the Bible says in verse number one. They had all had that same privilege deliverance. If they were there, it's because they had gone through the Red Sea. If they were there, it's because they had experienced that amazing deliverance. What a privilege. No other people on the face of the earth have ever had that privilege. But they did. All passed through the sea. Verse number two says they were all baptized into Moses. What a privilege that must have been. To have been there at the start. Just to have seen Moses. Just to have known him. 
just to have heard him preach, just to have been there when he came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, all those things, they had experienced it. All of them had ate the same spiritual food, verse number three tells me. Of all the people who have ever lived, they're the only ones who ever saw, ate manna. What a privileged group of people. Brother Jim just yesterday shared a little devotion with us in our men's prayer breakfast and talked about the fact uh, that they not only ate manna, they ate quail by the bushels. All food provided by God. All ate the same spiritual food. All ate the same spiritual, or drank the same spiritual drink, verse number four says. Twice, at the beginning and at the end of their wandering through the wilderness, God gave them water from the rock to quench their thirst. Now, there's all kinds of typology here, and we can spend time, which we will not do this morning. Paul here says specifically that the rock they drank from was Christ. We could dig deeper into that, but I'll save that for your study. For now, I want you to notice just one simple point from this. These people were privileged. Do you see that? They had privileges above and beyond what others have had. They were a particularly privileged people, and none could say differently. Did you notice the number of times the word all appears there. Did you see that? I think it's five times in the first four verses. I think so. You see that there, more brethren? I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. So every single one of them, none of them could say differently. I, I, every one of them was privileged. And so here's Paul saying this to the Corinthians. And I can imagine the Corinthians are sitting back saying, well, okay, Paul, that's that's cool. That's wonderful. What does this have to do with us? Why are you telling this to us? And he answers that question very plainly, does he not, in verse number six. He says, "I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. I'm trying to make the point that these things became our examples. Those things happened to them for our sake. Those things happened to them so that we might learn from them. And, of course, he's talking to the Corinthians. You Corinthians, he's saying, should learn from them. But he's also talking to us Randolphians. We should learn from it as well. These things were written for our example. Because he goes on. He doesn't stop with just the fact that these people were privileged. He says that that privilege did not guarantee success. That's verses 6 through 11. They were privileged people. But being privileged does not guarantee success. Look at verse number 5. Look at verse number 5. But with most of them... God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. <laughs> bodies scattered in the wilderness. Isn't that a picturesque verse? Doesn't that paint a picture in your mind of what God thinks of this? We ought to read that verse over and over in our mind. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. He had said in Numbers chapter 14, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and up. He said in Numbers chapter 26, they they shall surely die in the wilderness. So there was not left a man of them except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun. Hebrews chapter 3 says, now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness. Jude verse number 5 says, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Verse number 5 is an amazing picture, is it not, of the judgment of God? Their corpses, their carcasses, their bodies fell in the wilderness. I know it's not a popular topic to talk about the judgment of God, but it is a biblical one. God judges. God's going to judge me 
God's going to judge you. The judgment of God. And the phrase that really jumps out at me at this is not, not that picture of bodies, bodies lying in the wilderness, which is pretty bad. But the phrase that really jumps out at me is the first part here. It says, but with most of them, he was not pleased. With most of them. That word jumps out at me. All of them so privileged. Yet most of them, with most of them, God was not pleased. And most of those privileged people didn't make it to the end. Anybody been watching the Olympics? You're not watching the Olympics, Dennis? What's the matter with you? So nobody saw Michael Phelps lose the other night? Anybody notice that? Michael Phelps, the most, the most, the most storied, privileged, best swimmer the country's ever produced, right? And he, he, didn't, he didn't even medal the other night in the, in the one that I saw. Whatever that was, the 400-meter individual medley or something like that. The point is, his privileged start as a swimmer didn't guarantee him success, did it? It's just an illustration, I think, of what, it's, what is being said here. These folks had all these privileges with them that didn't guarantee them any success. And again, the Corinthians are probably saying, okay, Paul, that's fine. That's interesting. You're telling us all these old stories from our past. What does it have to do to us? do with us? And he says again in verse number 11, he says, here's my point. All these things happened to them as examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Twice he has said that. These things were done. These things were written for you, for your example. For your admonition. So their privileged start did not guarantee them success. They needed to learn that. They needed to be admonished by that. And so too do we. That brings me to point number three. We need to examine ourselves. Verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. How many times in our study, and those of you who have been with us for the last few weeks know that we're, we've, we've been for weeks now in First Corinthians, how many times in our study have we seen Paul do this? How many times have we seen Paul knock them down in this matter of their pride? We've seen it over and over and over again, where he had to say to them, you folks think you're really something, but you're not, and have to knock them down a little bit. He does it here again. Those of you who think you've got it all together, you need to be careful. You need to take heed. Because you're not beyond falling. The Corinthian believers had a privileged start. The Corinthian believers had been privileged to have Paul in their midst, but it didn't guarantee their success any more than it did their Old Testament ancestors. The same is true for us. The same is true for us. Now let me be clear about something. I, I, could, I could confuse some folks here, I suppose, and I don't want to do that. So let me be clear. Don't misunderstand. I am not saying, I am not saying that someone who is truly saved can fall out of that. You know we don't believe that here. Salvation is permanent. It's unchangeable. Once a person is saved, they're forever saved. So I'm not saying that. But you know what? There's an awful lot of people who have lived for a long, long, long time in sight of the cloud. There's an awful lot of people who have been privileged to hear the word of God for many years or to feed on the food of God or to drink the water that God provides with absolutely no response, never turning their lives over to God. That's the ones we're talking about here today. Such a privileged beginning. No response. According to this, that results in nothing but your carcass falling in the wilderness. We need to examine ourselves. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I was thinking, just this weekend, I was thinking about a particular person. And it was someone that used to come to church here with me when I was a child. If you're visiting with us today, you might not know that I was saved in this church when I was 12. And... uh, 
There was a lot of us here at the time, a lot of us little kids. I remember us sitting on our little group back there in the back. And I look around this room now, it's been many, many years, and I don't see any of them. As a matter of fact, I was thinking there's only one, only one. Thank God there's one who is still here today. And I'm talking about me, I'm one beside me, and that's our sister Debbie, who I don't think is here with us today. She's the only one left of all those that were here. What happened to them all? Wouldn't it be wonderful if I could stand here and if I could say to you, uh, you know what, they're, they're not here, but they're serving the Lord someplace. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If I could say they're not here, but they're in a good, godly, Bible-believing church someplace. Wouldn't that be great? But I can't say that. I, I don't know all of them. I've lost touch with some of them. But the ones that I do know, I can't think of a one. Not a one who's serving the Lord today. Such a privileged beginning. How many people think that because they've had a privileged past, yeah, I used to attend church, that's enough. How many think that because they had the unbelievable privilege of having Christian parents, and believe me, that's an unbelievable privilege. How many think that's enough? By some form of osmosis, maybe you're just going to get in because of that privilege. How many people sit through church service after church service after church service after church service? How many people listen to the gospel preached over and over and over and over and never respond? Do you realize what an amazing privilege it is to hear it once? Once! There are people in the world who never hear it. But to hear it over and over and over and over and never respond. Oh, listen. I believe Paul is here giving us a warning. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I think he's trying to say to us today that a privileged beginning does not guarantee success. We must examine ourselves. We must examine ourselves. Peter said in 1 Peter 4.17, the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Well, three thoughts and I'm done. A privileged start does not guarantee success. And so we need to examine ourselves. All of us here have been privileged to hear, haven't we? All of us. All of us have been given an opportunity to respond. But if the Bible's true, most, most never respond. Most never turn their life over to Christ. Most will finish up displeasing to God. And so I don't know where folks are here this morning. I don't know. We have some who are visiting with us today. There may be some here today who that strikes a chord with. If that is the case, will you listen to the morning today? Will you listen to what Paul said to the Corinthians today? Will you be careful to hear what he has to say? Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And one last wonderful thing. He does give a promise. Verse number 13 is a promise. We use it in a lot of different ways. But think about this promise in closing this morning. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What a wonderful thought Paul closes with here. He has painted this picture of judgment. He has warned them of, their, of how important it is that they think about these things. But then he gives them this wonderful promise. No temptation has overtaken you. God is faithful. He will make a way of escape. And if this morning you look at yourself, if you look at, this, at, at your situation today and you say, you know what, that's me. I've heard it over and over and I've never responded. The way of escape is there. All you need to do is reach out and take it. The way of escape is there.